Hello, fellow ink drinkers, and welcome back to the Blind Girls Book Talk podcast. My name is Aria. And I'm Belle. And we are two legally blind sisters who love reading and love books. And so what we've done is we've created this show in order to talk about that. We talk about a wide variety of bookish topics, and that can range from bad retellings of stories, book to movie adaptation comparisons, buddy reads, recent reads, bookish challenges, really, the list does go on and on. And today what we're actually going to be doing is we're going to be doing an episode on nostalgia reads. So this is a kind of episode in which Belle and I have read books that we really enjoyed when we were younger to see if they hold up to the nostalgia that we have in our hearts for these books. And so the first time we did this, Belle wasn't able to read a book because her schedule was crazy. But this time she did. Now, what book did you read this time? I read the first book to the Books of Elsewhere series, The Shadows by Jacqueline West. Okay. And then I read the first two books of the Series of Unfortunate Events series by Lemony Snicket. Book one is The Bad Beginning. Book two is The Reptile Room. So I guess before we actually try to talk about the books, I do want to talk about this really weird phenomena that happened this time around with these nostalgia reads. It was a struggle to get through the two books that I read. I honestly didn't even finish it. I got to chapter 10 and I couldn't. Right. And I wanted to read books one through three, but it didn't happen. And so I was like, well, I got through at least two of them. So that's good. But I just... It was really, really strange because, like, I was reading it and it wasn't like I thought it was bad or anything like that. It was just very, very hard to get through it. Now, was that how it was for you or? I found it just a lot harder for the book to keep my attention. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think it's because I also knew all the plot twists, like mini plot twists in the book, that reading it before any of it happened, I was just so annoyed. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't even get to her meeting the third talking cat. Mm, Okay, gotcha. Like, she met the one, and then I, like, stopped right after she met the other. And, like, she got Mortimer. That's his name, right? I forget his name. Oh, boy. Painting kid. The kid in the painting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she got him into the from the scary woods painting that he was in and put him in like the house paintings so he could live in his old house. Mm. Okay, gotcha. As a painting. Well, I guess before we go any further, and I'll put a spoiler warning here if you want to check out these books, but what is your book about? Okay, this may span the first three books, because I read the first three whenever I was younger and, like, they were coming out. I haven't read anything past that, and I can't remember exactly where each book ends, because, again, I read this in third, fourth grade. And again, I only got to chapter 10. But point being, old lady dies in her house, but, like, nobody realizes she died in her house till like, a month later. (laughs) 
Okay. And like they try, they're like, oh, she died. Okay. So like they have to take out her body and, you know, kind of prepare the house to be sold. And they like try to get her cats, but like her cats aren't having it. And like the cats escape from the their kennels. That's like the first chapter. And like the second chapter then goes into the, oh shoot, what's her name? Olivia, her family. I forget their last name. Her parents and her are looking at the house because they're trying to find to move out of their apartments. And so, like, it's with them doing the tour and her family are like, yay. So they move in, whatever. But Olivia finds the house creepy. Or Olive. Her name's Olive. Yeah, I also forgot that. (laughs) Her name's Olive, not Olivia. I don't know why I keep calling her Olivia. Yeah, but her name's Olive. But, like, she's, like, scared of, like, some parts of this house because it's just weird. Like, she swears she sees stuff moving in paint and the paintings that are on the walls. But then the paintings, like, won't come off the walls at all. Stuff like that. And then she meets a talking cat. Yep, there's a talking cat. And she's talking to the talking cat, whatever. He, like, kind of gives her some warnings, like, hey, be careful in this house. And then she finds glasses, a pair of spectacles on a chain that she then wears. And when she wears the spectacles, the paintings really come alive. So, like, she can walk into the paintings and everything. And the one painting that she, like, first noticed something moving in was a forest. It was a creepy dark forest scene at like midnight or something on a full moon it was really just kind of a weird painting but she'd always see something white flicker in the painting every now and again and like as soon as she'd see it it'd be gone so like she thought she was going insane well she falls into the painting and she meets a little boy i believe his name's mortimer morton it starts with an m m-o-r-t something something i don't care i'm gonna call him mort his name is now mort for this purpose and she like saves him from the dark baddie things and then the orange cat comes and saves him because they're getting chased by the big dark bad don't ask me why it's the big dark bad but it's the big dark bad so he's like come on quickly you got to get out of the painting they jump out of the painting they jump into another painting that's pretty much like a painting of the houses on her street and they take him to like what was his house Because, spoiler, this painting kid, Mort, he was actually a real boy. Okay. Until a man took him away from his home and put them into the dark forest painting and said, see ya. And then the paint like ate away at Mort and Mort became a painting. Okay. So like his skin's like all like oil paint. It's really weird. But anyway, and then she meets the other cat. I think it's Leopold. I think she first meets Horatio, and then she meets Leopold. And I can't forget the other one, but he's a calico. I know that. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. And then, like, she learns that, like, all the other paintings come to life. Like, actually come to life. And then, like, as the book kind of progresses, you learn that there's one painting in a room that Olive really likes. And it's a painting of this lady. And, like, the lady will wink at her and everything. But you come to find out the picture of that lady was the old lady who died. Ah. Who owned the house. And that her father is the dude, the evil dude, who painted these paintings and kidnapped Mort. Ah. And then you come to find out he's, like, the big bad. And so, like, the rest of the books is her, the cats, and Mort 
just trying to stop him as the big bad. I don't know how he's alive, but he's alive. I remember in the last book, the lady came out of the painting, like uh, her painting officially, and she was like set loose into the house. I don't know. I remember that at the end of the third or something similar to that. But it's all about her and Mort and the cats fighting the big dark bad. Well, now, does this hold up or do you think you just have very heavy nostalgia glasses for this book? Well, I know I have heavy nostalgia glasses for this book because this was the book that got me into reading. Mm -hmm. So, like, I was, like, really excited to start this book. Like, I was so into this. I was like, yes, I'm going to read the book that started it all. And then I got to, like, chapter three, and I was like, what is this nonsense? (laughs) Like, this sucks. Because, like, it it also, like, it does give details that, like, I didn't remember. Like, Olive hating math, yet her parents are math geniuses at Mm. uh, this college. Gotcha. And, like, there were some other things that I'm just, like... I don't remember this, and I don't care to remember this. Like, I think it's in the library. There's, like, this picture of, like, these girls dancing, like, in a circle. Mm-hmm. And that was her favorite painting. And she, like, when she finds out the glasses can, like, make her go into the world, she goes into the painting, and it's, like, all the girls are really mean to her mm. and stuff like that. And then she goes into the one above the basement door mm-hmm. in the kitchen, and it's, like, these steel workers, I think. It's like steel railroad workers. And like they were real nice to her. <laughs> I was just like, why was this put in here again? <laughs> like I get it. The paintings come alive. I don't know. It was really weird. After they ran away from the big dark bad, I was just like, yeah, I'm over this. I mean, that's fair. Well, I mean, okay. So I read series of unfortunate events, like I said. And this is one of the series that I remember adoring as a kid. Like, reading those books, like, the minute I could get my hands on them. Absolutely loving them. I remember, actually, I have a very, like, vivid memory of going up to visit our aunt for, like, over summer vacation. And laying in the bed next to my mom And just, like, hiding under the covers, like, with, like, a little flashlight and, like, reading this book as, like, getting late into the night because it was just so good and I didn't want to put it down. And I think it was one of the later books that that happened with. But, like, you get the picture. This was a very important series for me. And so, like Belle, I was super excited to read this series again, you know, and, and see what it was like reading that as an adult. And so for book one, I never realized, I guess, how much it affected me as a young reader until I read it again. And just kind of being like, oh, wow, like this really impacted me as a kid, but I didn't realize it until now. I feel like I pretty much remembered like all of the points in books one and two. So spoilers, if you haven't read it or seen the Netflix show, because I think the Netflix show is kind of similar, but we haven't watched it lately. So like we haven't finished it, but we got to the point where it really started to like diverge from the books. Yeah. And I hadn't read them, so that was at the point in time that mom then got them for me. Yeah. So in book one, you meet the main characters who are the Baudelaire orphans. Their names are Violet, Klaus, and Sunny. Violet is the eldest. Sunny is the youngest. And each child has their own skill. 
Violet loves to invent things. Klaus loves to read. E- well, I'd say it more as each kid is gifted. And Sunny has her teeth. Has her teeth. She is a baby. She has four very sharp teeth. And she likes to bite things. And so one day they're sitting on the beach and this banker that her parents know comes up to them and tells them that there was a fire at their house and their parents died in the fire. And so they are going to live with a relative whose name is Count Olaf. Count Olaf is this disgusting man with a disgusting house who is in a theater troupe and he wants the Baudelaire fortune. The children are, of course, of not of age to get the fortune, and the caretakers of the orphans can't get the fortune at all until they turn of age, so there's that. But Count Olaf is very, very rough with the orphans, and pretty much there's a plot where he ends up trying to marry Violet to get her fortune, which it's really weird, like saying it out loud. (laughs) How do you think I felt with the big dark bad? Yeah, it's really weird saying that out loud, but he tries to, it doesn't work. And so everybody finds out he's a terrible dude and he escapes into the night and the Baudelaire's have to go to their next guardian, essentially. Then that leads to book two, which is the reptile room in which they go to the next guardian. His name is Dr. Montgomery Montgomery. I actually really love book two. I think book two is probably my favorite in the series. I love the reptile room. But pretty much they get settled into their new life. They really, really enjoy it because they can use each of their skills. Count Olaf comes back, but he is in disguise and his name is Stefano. And the kids find like they realize this pretty much immediately and they try to tell their guardian he doesn't really listen the guardian ends up being killed by count olaf and kind of the same thing olaf gets found out he escapes into the night the baudelaire's go to their next guardian okay now back to book one my notes for book one though I don't think I realized just how sad this series was as a kid like to actually like think about it and think about these kids are orphans they're thrown into a pretty much abusive adoptive home and then all the other things that they go through and especially in book two like they get to like a place where they're happy and then you know count olaf comes and like ruins it again for them like this is a rough series (laughs) for a kid so i feel like it probably changed my brain chemistry somehow (laughs) but it was kind of eye-opening to see that through the adult perspective but i do like the writing style and it's definitely the series that i think was kind of the pinnacle of like fourth wall breaks because lemony snicket like does it the whole entire time And I love that. I've always loved that. So... Yeah, I remember, like, whenever I read part of the first book, I liked the fourth wall breaks. And I remember I talked to you that that reminded me of... I can't think of the fool who wrote the book, but it was, like, the title of the book was... The title of this book is a secret or something. Like, do not read this book. Yes, I remember that book, too, and I love that book, too. I love that book because that book was just entire fourth wall. Like, that thing just broke every fourth wall, like... Legit, you open the book, you get the title page, and then, like, the next page, 
is a black page. And in big white letters, it says, do not read further. And then you open it the next page. And it's like, seriously, stop. Yeah. <laughs> and then you open it again. And it's like, don't do it. Yeah. And there's a lot of that kind of thing in the Lemony Snicket books. So I think that's the where it kind of like flipped in my brain, like, hey, this is really cool. And so it made me be like, I love fourth wall breaks. Now, I don't have as many notes for book two other than I love Dr. Montgomery and I love the concept of the reptile room itself because it's kind of this just kind of gigantic room filled with reptiles and there's like a library in there too. There's just a lot of things going on. In the book, it was like a big deal that Violet, Klaus, and Sunny each got their own room and they filled their own room with their favorite things. So like, Violet put paper on the walls so she could like draw her inventions. Klaus had like a whole reading library in his room with like a big comfy armchair and a nice little lamp. And I'm and then Sunny, I think they just gave her a bunch of things she could bite on. I don't remember. But like for me though, I was just like, I want that room Klaus has. <laughs> like I want Klaus's room so badly. But I was surprised, though, that I did remember the stories themselves very well. Like, nothing really surprised me. There wasn't like, oh, I forgot this detail or I forgot this or I forgot that. Like, I pretty much remembered everything that was in the two books. And I was just like, oh, this is nice. But like... I still struggled to read it. And I don't know why, because it wasn't like it was bad. It wasn't like the nostalgia filter was very strong with these. Like, I still think they're very good books. But I feel like there has to be some sort of phenomena or something that it's makes it very hard to go back to like children's books that you loved. I, I think for me, my hugest thing was, again, this is uh, I've talked about this in previous episodes. The Book of Elsewhere series, it is what started my love for reading. So then reading this book now as an adult, I couldn't do it. Once I started hating it, I'm like, nope, I can't even. I can't read this. Like, this will ruin everything. I'm not, no. And that's fair. I mean, I do wish I could have gotten through the third book, but time just was not on my side. But I feel like I remember hating the third book, though, so maybe it's better off that I didn't go back to it. All right. Well, I think that about sums it up for today's episode. Do you have any final thoughts? If you go back and read like a nostalgia read from your childhood, it's difficult, especially if you hold that book on such a high shelf. I remember this book being like, yeah, the book for children's book, it is kind of on the darker side of things like a dark fantasy i don't know what the heck was going through my like 10 year old brain nine year old brain but like i hate fantasy now mm -hmm. so then like reading this i'm like why did i like this so much as a kid like yeah. i know i loved it and like i know this book was my book that started everything but i'm just like how did i love this yeah. so like it's an eye-opening experience yeah it really it, is it makes you question life it really does it does. And I think that's why I like doing these nostalgia episodes every so often, because it's interesting to see what you liked as a kid and going back and just being like, what the heck was going on in my head? You know what I mean? Yeah, I do have to admit the one thing I did laugh at 
is the opening line of the book of elsewhere the first book of elsewhere is very similar to the start of a christmas carol yes which is what we did because you pulled it out for the first sentence yeah. challenge yes yeah it, it's very reminiscent of that so like that just always makes me chuckle because i love dickens yeah which is kind of funny and it's funny how we recognize that in that episode we and did now- but like i think that's like the most hilarious thing about it yeah which is very interesting when you think about it it is especially since i am now an adult and like since middle school i've loved dickens very true all right well that about does it for today's episode of course if you like this episode if you like what you've been listening to if you like us please consider sharing the episode with your friends and following the podcast it really would help us to grow the show and we would appreciate the support and then what are we going to be talking about next time that is an excellent question that deserves an excellent answer it does yeah it really does so next week Arya is apparently not here. Oh, yeah, I'm not. So instead, I'm going to be running the show, and I'm going to be doing a this or that bookish challenge with my best friend. Okay. Well, that will be an interesting episode to see with Beth. So we will see you guys next time then. Bye. Bye.